guys, it's Caitlin here. Welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. If you're new here and tuning in because of Jonah and you want to hear about his new feature film, Dating in New York, you're in the right place. But basically, I'm doing a little update because I did do a poll on Instagram on my podcast Instagram at WTF Sub Pod. And it sounds like you guys want to hear a little update from me. So I am uh, staying true to that. Um, So for an update on me, let's see. First of all, I do want to get you guys um, way more involved this season. That was one of the things I wanted to do going in. And I've been super busy recording, trying to have a ton of good episodes ready for you guys. But something I do want to start doing to uh, live up to that goal I set for myself of including you guys more is kind of um, taking a page out of Alana Dunn's book, who I just recorded with. She did a great job of incorporating listener questions and poll questions. And um, it's the day after currently when I'm recording this, the day before the episode drops, but the day after the Met Gala, which caused a lot of stir on Instagram, um, I just went for it and did like a 12, 15 part poll um, on the various outfits and couples and whatever. And I had a lot of interaction from you guys. That was on my personal Instagram at CKNY1213. But I just wanted to thank everyone who got involved because I had so much fun with it and um, got a lot of responses. Seems like you guys did too. So I will be doing more of those in the future and kind of talking about them either in the intro or in the episode. Um if the polls are based on the guest coming on. So get ready for that. I also would love for you guys to email me more of your stories um, so I can use them for the podcast. Obviously, if you want, which I'm sure most of you will, I will keep them anonymous, but I think it could be really great for both me and the guest. Um, I know when I just recorded with Alana, hearing the other stories and hearing the poll questions definitely like jogged my memory and uh, gave me interesting things to respond to. So I think it would add so much uh, to the episodes and get you guys more involved. Um, So as for updates for me personally, I'm doing really well. Um, I'm really excited about the direction the podcast is going in. I've been working really hard. I have some really, really cool people coming on like not just saying that, like really cool people. Jonah's obviously one of them. Um, I think it's so amazing what he's done. His film, I I actually, <laughs> full disclaimer, have not watched yet, but I plan on watching tonight um, when I am done with all my work and stuff before releasing the episode tomorrow. But I am very certain it's amazing. Uh, It has, as we discuss in the episode, just such a good cast, and um, Jonah has a great eye. I actually ran his promo by him, and he's like, no, that has to be bigger. I'm like, you're right about the font. Um, So great eye. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch it. I'm excited about people coming on. How many times can I say that? Uh, As we talk about in this episode, I've been dating, and it's been fun. It's been really good. I feel like 
it's taking on a more fun tone than it has in the past when I've felt kind of like they're just like meh dates or guys I'm not really into. But as we discussed on the episode, I think that any dating experience you can learn from and um, it's all about kind of figuring out what you're attracted to and what you like. And it's good to go on a range of dates with people so you can really figure that out. Um, Let's see what else is new with me. Um, I have some exciting stuff coming up with the podcast in terms of um, selling some merch on the website. Going to be adding that soon, so look out for that. Uh, Buy some merch, support the pod. I'm considering and hopefully soon starting a Patreon. I don't think, knowing me, I'll be able to do it every week, but hopefully either every other week or once a month. So you'll be able to pay for that for um, an extra monthly episode. And um, and yeah, I have to figure out pricing and stuff, but basically it would be a little more, um, a little less like being in your 20s about the guest, a little more focused episodes about um, a certain topic or something a little juicy that they have to talk about. Um, we'll see. I'm excited to start working on that though. Um, really fun directions I'm starting to take the podcast in that I'm excited about. And what else? Loving my friends, loving that we're moving into fall. Summer was so fun, but um, definitely ready for like that fall weather and for things to calm down a little bit because it has been really busy. Um, I think everyone's making up for lost time after the year or two almost now that we've gone through. So yeah. Anyways, um, without further ado, I'll let you guys get into the episode and listen to Jonah. He has such great things to say, and I really loved having a guy on to talk about dating because I feel like in the past, I mean, no shade to those episodes. They've been great. Go listen after. But um, in the past, I've had a lot of female perspectives on this. So I'm definitely excited to have a guy on to talk about it. And um, he is very in touch with dating. And it is something that really interests him. Hence, having been a former co-host uh, with former guest Alana Dunn of the podcast Seeing Other People. And hence him making this film about dating in New York. So without further ado, here is the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kelly, and today I'm joined by the talented writer-director Jonah Feingold. Like me, Jonah was born and raised in New York City, which inspires a lot of his work. I actually met Jonah when I auditioned for one of his films in Los Angeles, where he was living after studying film at USC. He's now returned to his hometown of New York City and is getting ready for the September 10th release of his feature film, Dating and New York, which stars an impressive cast that includes actors such as Jerry Ferreira of Entourage, Arturo Castro of Broad City, Stranger Things' Francesca Reale, and the Lovebirds' Kat Cohen. Welcome, Jonah. Thank you so much for coming on today. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so uh, excited yeah. to be here and congrats on the success of your podcast. It's just so Thank exciting. you. Um, I didn't mention in the intro, but for our listeners, um, Jonah actually used to co-host uh, what was formerly Dating Sucks and now Seeing Other People with my former guest, Alana Dunn, who's so great. Um, I actually do want to ask quickly because Alana and I never discussed this, I realized, what was the the start of you guys doing this podcast together? Like, I know it was the Hinge podcast originally, but yeah. how did she bring you on? Like, what was your role in coming on? I'm so interested to hear. Yeah, that's a really great question. We Well, funny enough, I was living in LA, as we both know, because like you said, I love that we also met through the sort of film world. I know, so funny. And we both came back to New York. We couldn't stay Very, too Which, long. I mean, how how much happier are we here? Like, so this much is happier. So much happier. So much happier. <laughs> um, and uh, so I was in LA with, and my sister and I started a podcast together, sort of as a way to bond and like just like have a cool project that... How um, old is she? Janie is 29. She's also my roommate, okay. um, which is exciting. Oh, nice. Are you friends so with Janie? Uh, no, I don't think I've met her, no. You guys would be good friends. We'll make the intro. Okay. We'll um, make it happen. So we had a podcast called Los Angeles Ships, which was like, this is when like dating podcasts weren't necessarily that popular. And mm -hmm. not that they're like, you know, there's just the dating podcast culture is, I think, more accepted than it was, I would say, four years ago, right? So. Yeah. We had this podcast and Alana and so Jane and I did that whole thing. I'm in LA. I come back to New York. I go on a date with Alana. You know, famous story is we go on three dates. It doesn't work out. She sends <laughs> me the, sends me the long gray text. We end up becoming friends. I'm like, okay, that was kind of sucked because I thought she was really cool. But like she just come out of something. It all made sense. It was all for the better. A couple months later, I get a phone call from Alana being like, yo, I'm at Hinge. They want me to do a podcast. And I really loved what you did with Los Angeles ships. Would you want to co-host this thing with me? And I was like, of course I would. That sounds amazing. Let's do it. And that's how oh we God. started doing dating sucks. Yeah. And that's such a good, I mean, I, I knew I had a general sense of the fact that you guys had gone dates before and stuff from listening, but I didn't know like the exact story. Um, I've listened to episodes, but not episode one per se. So um, that's so great. I love that. And I love the idea that like, you can still like be friends with people you dated, you know? I mean, I think where it gets tricky is when like people are like, like I know a few of the guys I've gone dates with, it's like they're actively seeking out friendship, like female friendships. I'm like- Interesting. That's, I, some of them I'm like, I don't know where the sexuality is at. Um, I, I love, you know, my gay or spectrum men, but not to date, you know, it's just as, just as friends. And I'm like, I have enough friends, so I don't need to go on dating apps to make them. But yeah, that's a weird experience. Very sidebar that I've had a few times now. Um, but if it happens naturally like that, it's great, obviously. Um, so I love that story. And then for some background on you, just because I have to like do the annoying New York, like Jewish geography shit, of course, as we, as we should, as we should. Yeah, as we should. <laughs> you went to Fieldston, right? I went to Fieldston. I graduated uh -huh. in 2009. Shout out Fieldston. They actually just threw up an Instagram in honor of the movie coming out, which is really cool. That's and really sweet. Yeah, super nice of them. Uh, I'm you get... still waiting on Nightingale's uh, post. Nightingale, got it. I was going to say, did you go to Horace yeah. Mann or something? Okay, I wasn't sure. No, I almost did actually. But then the girl who was showing me around uh, hid under the table and that scared me because she was scared of like 
socializing because it was so cutthroat. So I was like, yeah, I think this isn't my vibe. Great school, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I have other friends from Horace Mann, but I did not end up going there. I did all girls school and I feel like it inspires a lot of the stuff I do now. I definitely like see shit through a very feminist lens. So it was great. It was the right right decision in the end okay now of course we have to get into the fact that you have a feature film coming out because this is insane it looks so good the cast is so amazing um if you guys i mean it'll be out by the time this episode comes out which is awesome but you know even just like pull up the trailer it's so good it looks so visually like stunning and i of course am someone who loves like a good rom-com and i feel like rom-coms are on their way back you know in the past few years um i'm loving this moment for us but yeah i want to hear how you got into film um how you got to the point where you're at now where you're really able to like put out a genuine feature film because it's very impressive. Are you still in your 20s also? I'm 31, I know. Oh my so. God, you do not look 31. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's well, wild. If I, I thought well, you were like 29. Okay. Well, cool. I made the movie when I was 28, just to show you okay. how long the process, you know, when we shot the film, I was 28. Um, Wait, is that the film I auditioned for? No, you auditioned for maybe Josh, I believe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, <laughs> it was so long ago now, guys. I swear, I, I care about... The roles I auditioned for, there are just a lot of auditions, as you know. Yeah, there's a lot. And I remember loving your audition tape, by the way. So (laughs) (laughs) I was too scared to rewatch it. I was like, Uh, I was new to Los Angeles when um, when I recorded that. So I don't even think I had like a self tape set up. Your self tape set up. Yeah, you're locked in. Um, (laughs) Well, like, truthfully, it was a matter of like, you, you know, you and I both know. And I think. I was in LA for so long and having gone to film school and I was sort of very mm-hmm. frustrated with with the way that the industry works and how much permission you are required to get to do what you love doing. And I was never yeah. rewarded. I was never, nothing ever got bought. Nothing ever got sold. I never got hired. Everything I was doing, I was sort of just forging my own path and it was all short form. And my dream since I was very young was to sort of tell larger feature film stories, romantic comedies yeah. like When Harry Met Sally, You've Got Mail and uh, the only way to do it as a writer director is to just go make your movie, which I know sounds really difficult, but after having done it, it is difficult, it, but it's like running a marathon where it's like, if you realize that you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other, it's actually very doable and anyone can do it. Um, so I went to my 10 year high school reunion. I ran to my friend, Spencer Barkoff, shout out Spencer Barkoff, Camp Wildwood for anyone listening who maybe knows I don't know, you know, horseman adjacent. He went to feel somebody. He knows a horseman people, mm-hmm. whatever. Horseman keeps coming up. Doesn't need to. <laughs> um, and uh, he was like, dude, like you, he is not nothing about movies, but he was like, dude, you can do this. Like we can figure out a way to like put this film together from a business standpoint. And so mm-hmm. before I knew it, we were like, I moved back to New York after seven years in LA. And I was like, fuck yes. I never have to go to the bungalow ever again. And yes. Oh my thank God. God. Yeah. I'm, Sunset I'm- Tower. Goodbye. Enough bungalow. I'm actually, I, Jonah knows that I'm going to Shakespeare in the park tonight, um, which former guest Kyle Scatliff, who's a fucking baller, is, you know, one of the stars of. But I'm going with my friend Justin Arnold, who, such a small world. You, you Justin know Justin? Arnold. Of course, you, Love everyone Justin knows Arnold. Justin. I feel like yeah, yeah. both of you, the whole world of New York City and LA, like, anyone you can say either of your names and they're like of course um but justin was actually the bouncer there and he's who i'm going to the show with tonight so so funny. oh you gotta tell him we did this i love justin i haven't seen him in a long time but he's a great person yeah shout out justin anyways shout out justin Harold. yeah 
Um, so I we we did that. We put together the business plan, and then ne- next thing I knew, we were putting the movie together. And it was a matter of like things I never realized were oh, to put a film together, all you have to do is just start doing it. You have to you you call your DP, you hire them, you you go scouting, you pick your start date, you just start doing these things that are part of the filmmaking process, not part of the email process. And that's like a niche thing, perhaps for some of the listeners, unless everyone here wants to make a movie, which I think <laughs> this applies to all creative endeavors. But um, yeah, so I'm really, really uh, excited that the movie, by, by this point, everyone listening, it's out. You can go rent it on iTunes, on Amazon, and it's do this I, rom-com. But after yeah. the podcast episode. Um, so do you want to, that's, first of all, just to cover what you were just getting into a bit, like, even though I wasn't on the same side you were on, I was on the other side. I think that's so something that anyone who has been in the entertainment industry, especially in LA, I feel like it's that way. I mean, in both cities, but in LA, there's a lot of like closed doors that, you know, you have to have some kind of connections to get in. And there's a lot of no's. And it's it's really tough because I really relate to the feeling of just feeling like, totally out of control of your future. I think that's so hard when you're passionate and hardworking and then like you just feel like you're at, you know, kind of a standstill. Um, So I totally relate to that. That's part of the reason, as my listeners know, because I say it ad nauseum, but that I started the podcast, like regain control over my trajectory and still like have a creative outlet. So I've been loving it. But um, yeah, I love that you just were like, fuck this. I'm just going to make a movie. And now, you know, looking at the movie again, it looks so beautifully done. Um, I'm excited to see it myself. And you still did get an amazing cast. You still did get it bought, you know? So it's like, sometimes you just have to not wait for people, as you said, to give you permission. So I love that you did that. Your creative endeavors, you must take the leap of faith similar to the way that you would take it from a what are we conversation to like a relationship yeah I love that parallel it's so true um and we'll definitely get into dating since it seems to be a huge theme for you between you know having been on seeing other people and now with the film being a rom-com but I want to hear like what inspired the plot line of the film and what exactly is it for people who are listening like what's the you know the spiel of the whole film itself yeah. Well, my spiel, my pitch to you, the listener, is that I hope this is the most relatable romantic comedy you've ever seen. Okay. And it's <laughs> it. that's a big claim, but like it's a very feel-good movie. It's a comfort film. It's almost like you're eating too much candy. You're going to go to the mm. dentist. They'll be like, what the fuck did you eat? And for better or worse. So it's a rom-com told sort of as a fairy tale about a couple that signs a relationship contract and basically says, we're going to be best friends with benefits. Now, yes, you hear that premise, and I'm sure you think of movies like No Strange Attached or yeah. Friends with Benefits or When Harry Met Sally, but here's the difference in our movie. Which our I movie, love all those movies. So. Great movies. Great, great movies. movies. Our movie is they start out with benefits first, and then they turn that into friendship. And it's mm-hmm. also about the minutia of dating app culture. It's not about you know, a father who has dementia, which is like no strings attached, or it's not about the med school student. It's about just the minutia of dating in the city. I mean, you and I both know we have, you have a whole podcast about it. It's a very sort of a, it's a very weird fucking time in dating just with how many options there are. It's never been easier to be able to, to, to make a connection, but to find a real connection is almost impossible. So 
that's what the movie that's my pitch to you it's a it's a it's a feel-good film it's a great second or third date movie because mm-hmm. it's kind of interactive yeah it's a it's a you're gonna laugh hopefully and um i promise you will be unique i don't think there's anything quite like it definitely and you get that sense from the trailer as well and um I I feel like it is kind of bridging a gap in a way because there are these, you know, like rom-coms that, you know, kind of follow no strings attached, uh, friends with benefits. They follow the whole trope. They do a great job, but they're a little older and they don't really tackle the whole idea of like dating app culture. And then you have even still like, you know, all the Netflix shows and films and rom-coms coming out they touch on it but not really because a lot of these films are centered around like high schoolers you know so there's no really you know i love talking about being in your 20s and that's technically like the premise of the podcast and there isn't really that like young adult 20 something 30 something out of college trying to figure out like you're in this way bigger pool of people there's there's nothing really examining that process of dating and it's something that's so interesting to get into and i feel like in a way we're kind of like pioneering it our whole generation because it's very wild to navigate like it used to be like okay you know you meet someone at a bar you have a friend that sets you up now it's like you can date anyone and their mom you have a hundred people at your fingertips um right now for example i told jonah during a little uh, tech break that we had that yes. I am prior to Shakespeare in the Park going on a date myself. And um, it's been super interesting for me because guys are like this. This is something I, I actually want to ask you about later. So we'll we'll table okay. it a bit. But okay. I swear to God, guys have a sixth sense of when you're like the busiest and that's when they're hounding you the most. Like <laughs> all these... I, I took a break from the podcast. I was chilling. I had time. Now I am so busy. I have an interview every day of the week. You know, I have people helping me, but I'm doing a lot of it myself because I'm anal about it. You like to be in control of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Control, control issues for sure. But um, but all these guys are suddenly coming out of the woodworks. And I've literally like stopped checking the apps because I'm like, I feel like I have a part-time job dating, which is actually all things considered a great position to be in because I feel like when you're dating in that way, there's A, less pressure, but B, you're learning a lot more about yourself and what you do and don't want. Um, So it's great, but it's definitely something that like we should be covering in films and that hasn't really been covered that much so far. Like, I feel like the people who are talking about this are like, as you were saying, you know, kids just out of college or in LA kind of, you know, trying to struggle to make their own short films, but there aren't really any like feature length films out there that are totally covering it, which is so interesting. And the reason is I'm seeing it firsthand is that you know how hard it is to get something greenlit by a studio or, you know, and when someone comes into the meeting and says, yeah, I want to have an entire scene that's basically an I miss you text sort of like montage. The, the exec is going to say that's really niche. I'm on an email thread with someone. And the email, the exec said, you have a lot of TikTok. It's my next movie I'm going to make. About TikTok? It, uh, it's about food. But there's a she's a TikTok food person. <laughs> Love it. And she the exec was like, TikTok is very niche and not really like, who's like, we want this to be timeless. And I'm like, no, like. It's not in the niche. Same way, <laughs> it's not niche. In the same way that you've got mail used AOL, like TikTok yeah. is around to stay. 
And I just, that's why, I mean, that's why it's hard to get a feature made and why when we went out to go set and make our own movie, like people don't realize everything we did was similar to the way you do this podcast. It was like me and five other people. Like no one gave us permission or money or like, like Mm -hmm. we had a little, a small budget. So like, that's how we're able to, we didn't have to report to anybody. And that's why our movie was able to get made and why it's so hard to push forward movies that are equally as technologically niche. So yeah. and authentic in a way. It's not authentic. Just these huge studios throwing money at something that they've done a hundred times, which like I think really is an issue within that whole world. It's like, why are we just green lighting the same, you know, types of projects, the same people? I love that. Even though you have talent that, you know, is I don't know. They're like people you can identify and they're recognizable. At the same time, they're also, you know, not the stars of every other rom-com or film you're seeing coming out. It's not just like the same, you know, recycled A-list, B-list, you know? So you're, you're nailing it. Yeah. It's the beauty of independent movies is we could, I could cast Jabuki on white as the lead <laughs> and Kat Cohen. And, you know, I could yeah. put these people who deserve these leading roles in there without question. Because um, they're the you- talented ones too. It's not to say that, you know, the A-list, et cetera, there aren't like a lot of talented people within that cycle, but there are so many talented people who aren't getting featured outside that cycle. So I like that it really, you know, as you're saying, the independent films can have that like edge to it. And I think it makes it so much more authentic and relatable and not like watered down. So I'm personally very excited to see it. Are you coming on Friday? Um, tomorrow? Is it? Yeah, our opening night at the IFC oh, Center. Shit. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> what time is it? It's at 810. We can offline about it. We sold out, but I could figure out how to get you a ticket. But we can I would love to do that. Can I bring another day? <laughs> I think you could. But let me let me check if okay. not. Yeah. If not, there's other show times and okay. you should for sure go on a date to okay. watch the movie. It's fun. Then you, then you can talk yeah. about it. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. Oh my god, I'm totally outing myself. Would this be as a, a different date than the one dinner. you have today? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about this. Hold on. I, I now I'm just gonna hijack your the, Fuck, the, the host This is what happens every time I have someone who's had a podcast or has their own podcast. Suddenly, I'm the interviewee. And I'm like turning yeah. red and sweating. Okay, what's up? <laughs> well, you. I think I like what you were saying about how you know having this at your fingertips and how easy it is to meet people and i love what you're doing because you're saying you're you're already acknowledging like oh i learned so much about myself from these dates and that's so true and that's like the beautiful thing about them my question is one how are you meeting people mostly and then two perhaps the more important question what are you looking for Hmm, interesting uh a question i don't ask myself enough um so it's kind of been Definitely apps. Um, I'm trying to be more picky about the apps, uh, just in the sense that like, not even looks as much as like the conversation. Which which apps, by the way, just so we can all. So we can all know. Okay. Um, (laughs) Most of my dates are coming from Hinge and I'm gonna get so, oh my God, I, I feel like such a poser, but I've talked about on the podcast before. And recently, Locks Club. <laughs> okay. I am not Jewish, which I my listeners know, but I feel like an honorary Jew, if you will. Like, I'm technically Catholic, and I know so much more about Judaism. I could have wow. been a Jewish studies minor at Northwestern. Like, I just find Jewish culture fascinating. 
Um, but I have Thank it you. on. You're welcome. Um, live. But I live. It was just the new year. Yeah, basically, I do have it on there um, that I'm not actually Jewish. I did when I applied say I'm not actually Jewish, but I don't know. I'm a New Yorker. I love a nice Jewish boy. What can I say? Um, so. NJ- NJBs. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. I haven't heard that before somehow. So maybe that's the telltale sign that I'm not actually Jewish. But um, but yeah, so some of that, uh, this past weekend I met a guy out, so I'm meeting some of them in the wild. Um, I probably wow. wouldn't have done two dates in a week had I not met this guy in the wild, and he's not from here, so he's only here for like two weeks. As to what I'm looking for. I don't, I don't know. I think something a little more stable than past relationships in the sense that there aren't like the high highs and low lows, but still interesting. Um, Still someone who makes me laugh, still someone who challenges me and is intelligent and I can have like really interesting conversations with. Um, But I'm like willing to be pleasantly surprised, I think at this point. I don't know. But you are looking for a relationship. Yeah, I would say so, but I'm not pushing it because I'm busy. So I'm not going to like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to, which is kind of a nice position to be in. So I'm actually enjoying dating for the first time in a while, considering, as you know, dating in Los Angeles is a trip. Not, Not the best, in my opinion. I mean, teach his or her own, but wasn't wasn't my vibe really wasn't your tempo totally it wasn't it wasn't okay so just for time's sake i'm going to move into the segment that i call quarter life qualms so this is just focusing in more on your 20s i know you are technically not in your 20s but a lot of our guests are not um so yeah basically it's centering on your experience of being in your 20s and the ups and downs of it so for the first question of quarter life qualms um since we are already in the kind of dating talk i'll just continue it on what was your experience like dating in your 20s and how has it shaped the way you are now dating in your 30s really great question Okay, let's see. First off, I would say very confidently that I don't remember dating consciously until I was about 23. So 21 <laughs> to 23 was like college. I think I remember finding this one lovely lady who I was like obsessed with and I was like, let's go on a date. And to me, that meant like we went to like Chipotle. Like I didn't know what a date was. I didn't know how to Men do really it. Men really do mature more slowly. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's we do. We do. By this conversation. And and I don't think she, uh, I don't think she like liked me very much. Like, I don't even know how it ended up working out. I like just, I don't know. I just, I don't even remember who it was. Obviously it wasn't that special of a date, but then I had a girlfriend <laughs> at a college and her and I obviously went on dates and that introduced me more into like, but we were already seeing each other. So we'd already sort of like had the, you know, we met at a frat party and like that's we like so together USC. yeah yeah so yes like you know so it was more like we were just dating we were like already boyfriend girlfriend vibes and yeah. we were still like going out so but then i was in la and i started working at buzzfeed and that sort of i got on bumble and this was like when bumble was relevant for like a month i don't know if you remember this era of la <laughs> I, I totally remember it's so funny it's when since I'm younger, it's when I was um, like interning between college years. There was like, Got it. I want to say like 2011, it was like relevant for a hot second or yeah. maybe 2010. Yeah. I don't know, around then. It was, um, 
it was like irrelevant for like whatever a week in my book and so <laughs> i was going on dates in la there and that was fun and again i didn't really i wasn't like good at dates in the sense that i wasn't taking away anything from myself or probably giving anybody much to work with either not that i was ever a bad date i've never had a bad date in my life like i've never had a horrible okay. date story. that's quite the statement wow that's impressive i've had many I'm excited. Yeah. See, and this is why I always love asking like on a first day, like what's a bad date story? Because at the end of the day, it's still just going to be like, we're not into each other, but we still had like a fine time talking and maybe we're just both tired. Like that's the worst that's ever happened. Um, <laughs> or like, I mean, worse in the sense of like, I'm sure people have think I've ghosted them. I'm sure I have ghosted some people and I've been ghosted before, but I don't consider that a bad date. I consider that bad, like post date etiquette, which we can get into as well. Um, but I would say it was when I started coming back to New York, Hinge started becoming more of a thing. And I would say now we're looking at the age of 28, 28 to now 31 is was when I became super conscious of how to properly date. And I just want to say quickly, I fucking yeah. love this because I feel like on my podcast so far when I have gotten into dating, it's been with women. And it's just so vastly different to your like, at 28, I really started dating. And it's actually kind of like, I don't know, it's a it's a little affirming, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is what happened. Got it, got it. <laughs> well, I just didn't know what I was like, I just didn't know looking what I was for. looking for. And I also didn't know how to articulate that. And I didn't know what I was really doing. Like I was going on these dates because it was just dating culture. Okay, what what do I, the, the thing was, do I really want to go spend time with this person? Or am I more worried about what they think about me? I remember Alana and I would always get into these conversations about like, do I care what they think about me or do I actually like them? And you got to actually yes. like them. You, it, who gives a shit what they think of you? Yeah, I feel like as you get older, that's really just that slight reframe. And I've talked about this on the podcast before too. Like, I feel like that's the difference in how I've started dating. I think that's hard for, it's interesting to hear you say that. I think that's hard for women a lot of the time, because, you know, if you think about like just traditional gender roles, it's like, oh, women are supposed to win them over, like win over the guy, um, you know, and like heterosexual relationships, this is of course, but, um, but to hear it from a guy's perspective, you know, it's so true that on both ends, it should be not, am I impressing this person? Am I people pleasing? Am I, you know, adjusting myself properly? It should be, are, is this someone I'd want to spend time with? Um, and I think in the past, like I had some relationships in college, not all of them were like this, but some of them I just fell into because I was like, oh, he likes me. Great. It's like that shouldn't, By the way, that shouldn't that be was, the criteria. That was me. That was me for four years. Yeah. Oh, this really hot girl thinks I'm funny and that's <laughs> that's why I love her. Yeah. But do yeah. I actually love, does Jonah, do you love her? And that was a big waking up point. So once that happened, 28, like now the dates became a lot more fun because I was more organically myself and therefore yeah. the people I was with, I think were more organically themselves. And then of course you run into the minute, you know, I became a much better communicator. I never would ghost anybody anymore. I wanted to make sure everyone felt like cool and, and comfortable, like we were having a good time and talking about the right sort of things and just basic etiquette about meeting a stranger and mm -hmm. that going from the internet in, into real life. And, um, but also the gift and curse of that is sort of being hyper aware. It's like getting tapped out of the matrix, right? So now you know you exist. And what comes with that is there was a period of time which I was, still struggle with where I'm like, I'm not necessarily, and this is a hot take for the dating podcast. I'm not necessarily looking for something 
and this is going to sound more fuckboy than it is. I'm not necessarily looking for something serious. But like, I think that's let's, fine. I don't think that's that fuckboy. But then am I, should I even be on the apps? Like, yeah, you know, if, I think as long, I think it's more about transparency. I think if you're on date like three or four and you can tell the person's starting to like catch feelings, it's like, hey, I just want you to know, like, I'm really into this. I'm not sure if I'm in the point of my life where like in general, I'm looking for something seriously. That doesn't mean I am not open to seeing where this goes. I don't know. It's hard though, because uh, I don't know. Now I'm like devils advocating myself. I think you really have to like read the room in a way with it. If it yeah. seems like the person's also open to that, that's good. I mean, while I am kind of more so personally looking for a relationship, I'm also not committed to it. Like I don't want to force it. I want something to happen naturally. And that is somewhere that sometimes, you know, the way guys are approaching it versus the way girls are approaching it can totally differ. Um, yes. But I think, you know, as long as you're allowing it to happen organically and you're very upfront about the fact that you are seeing other people or you are like, Maybe Podcast not, plug. Yeah, literally, or you are maybe not trying necessarily to date long term. I think it could, you know, cut people out and it could turn people off. But if it does, then that's not the match for that situation or for the period of time you're in. So that's the conclusion I just came to. <laughs> well, and to be like, to be clear, also to your point, like I'm always open to like falling in love with somebody like that. Of course, that person could come yeah. in and change your entire opinion. But I think it's important that people are, I always like asking on the second or third date, you know, what are you looking for? Because yeah. if someone's been single for a very long time and wants a relationship really, really badly, then maybe that's a conversation we gotta have. Or if they're like, they just got out of, they just got out of a serious relationship, that's gonna help me understand their behavior well as well. Like, oh, maybe that's why you wanna move slowly. And like, and yeah, I totally hear that. Yeah. So. So I think that that's a fun part about dating. And then of course you have the minutia of dating people of sort of different eras where like there is this era, like I won't date anyone younger than 27 is my Interesting. Sort of so that yeah, makes because... it almost sound like you are looking, not for something more serious, but you're looking for someone more mature in some ways. Yeah, I'm looking for someone more mature. Well, because I find that there's a lot of like, and this is just, a, I don't want to generalize, but. Uh, the dates I've gone on with people of a certain age, um, those dates, because I've been up front with my intentions, where like I don't play the game, and I understand the games are fun. I understand a are guy not text. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to rationalize why a guy not texting. Like I have girlfriends. Or I've heard stories from like my younger friends where they're like, "Yeah, this guy won't text me," and I'm like obsessed with that. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I think that's like, you know, I just had Amy Chan on who I know you know as Love well. Love Amy Chan. From, yeah, she's amazing. Shout out Amy. But, um, Shout out Amy. But she talks about how that's, you know, something that, you know, she equates it to, she had a great term for it that I'm blanking on, but basically the idea that you're like confusing stress for feelings or for excitement towards someone. Um, yeah, so she talks about that at length on her episode, which you should listen to afterwards, or you might have already listened. We'll see when these come out. But um, but yeah, so I think that's when you're more immature 
um, in a dating sense, not necessarily in other aspects. And you haven't necessarily done the work, like whether that's therapy or dated enough to know it's not personal and that maybe that person is not your person, you know, um, then I think as you're saying, like older girls kind of come to that conclusion a lot of the time, not all of the time, you know, um, every person's different, but I definitely yeah. used to be like that. Not necessarily in the sense that like, oh, he hasn't texted me and I'm waiting for that text. Although I think every girl and a lot of guys, I'm sure have had oh, that yeah. experience. All, all of us, all guys. Yeah. Totally. All Cause it's, it, yeah. it's human. But, um, I think you get to a certain age or a certain point where you're like, okay, enough of this. Um, I don't want to play the games anymore. And I think it's super liberating. Like if a guy doesn't text me now, I'm like on to the next one before I've even realized he hasn't texted me. I'm like, I don't have time for this shit. Like who cares? Um, Love that. And I think where guys get tripped up sometimes and they feel like, oh, like girls don't like the nice guy or girls only like fuck boys or whatever is either if they're dating girls who are immature and haven't done the work in that way and do like that kind of like uncertainty or if they... I don't know. Or if there some nice guys are nice guys because they're almost overdoing it. You know, there is a fine There's line. totally a There's level a of like line. weird nice guy. By the way, like I have a sister similar age to so us. You got it. And you when, got it. When she was when she was single, I was like, yo, I don't like just be careful out there. There's so many fucking weird dudes who totally. don't know how to interact with people. And like, but in this particular case, I think it would it would be situations where I would be like, hey, simple as text me home when you get safely, which like I think is a good thing to do, but also like a text the next day or so where I'm like, I had a great time with you. No games need to be played here. I would love to see you again. How does this date yeah. work? And totally. that was always like, sometimes I would send that to people of a certain age and they'd be like, Hey, I had a great time with you. They wouldn't respond for like a week and be like, Hey, I've been thinking about this. I had a great time with you. I, you know, which totally respect that. Some people would just ghost, but like, I noticed a consistency of like people who were ready to hear. I mean, it's everyone's their own truth. Right. But I yeah. guess, I'm all about upfront communication. Nothing, nothing to hide. No games. I agree. No and that's games. like, I, I think so that's also me. my personality type, like outside of dating. Like I'm very like yeah. cut and dry, blunt, you know, whatever. But, yeah, um, New Yorker vibes. New Yorker vibes for sure, for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I love that you're kind of like pinpointing this because it is very specific and I actually, that's, those are two things I look for where if someone doesn't do either of those things now, like maybe I won't write them off necessarily, but like that's mm. a red flag to me. Like I went on a date with this guy who's in his thirties and he didn't text me to make sure I got home. Okay. And I was like, that's kind of up. fucking that's rude, you know, like, that's really rude. And don't go out with that guy again. Yeah. I've already talked about him. This poor guy. I've totally roasted on the podcast. He's like the only guy I've roasted though, out of a lot of dates. So Guys on apps are always like, oh, should I be like signing an NDA here? It's like, shut the fuck up. You're not that important. I literally <laughs> hated that part of being on the apps and having a podcast. They're like, what are you going to talk about me in the podcast? I'm like, like, Alana, I'm like, Alana, we're never talking about any of our dates on this show, please. Yeah, like, I haven't met you and she yet. Got the same don't, messages. You, don't you want to get yeah. the date first? Like, let's, let's yeah. you know, pull the brakes here a little bit. By the way, just to your point, though, in Dating in New York, the movie, that's out that you guys should go rent or watch in theaters, rent on iTunes or Amazon, there Love is it. a gender swap. Wendy, the protagonist played, played by Francesca Rielli, had come out of a serious relationship and she is just looking for a friend with benefits. She does not want a relationship right now. Mm -hmm. She's open to finding love, but doesn't really want to be someone's ex. She's tired of being an ex. 
And Milo, Jabuki and White, is looking for the cuddling. He's looking for the cuffing season romance, so he thinks. So I'm really proud of the way that we did a gender flop. Not a flop. It's because like people say, you know, oh, you reverse the roles. I'm like, we didn't reverse the roles. We just made this thing modern. Like this yeah, is how. Yeah, exactly. It's not following the same tropes of, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So everyone go check that yeah, out. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm really, really excited to see it. Okay, and then just for timing's sake, I'll do one more quarter life qualm question before we get into the game. What is an experience that you've gone through or you went through in your 20s that shaped who you are today? Like, have you ever had a moment, a quarter life crisis, or just was there ever a point where you felt like you were struggling and kind of learned from that experience, so to speak? It was definitely an era of it has to do with dating and my job and my career. And it was an era where I was so obsessed with whether or not someone in my, in, her and I are very good friends right now, but I'm going to sort of use her as a relation, as an example. I had a girlfriend. We were always on, like we were on and off girlfriend, boyfriend, and she broke up with me twice. I ended up breaking up with her the final time, but like Sounds I was obsessed very, with her. Sounds uh, very stable and not toxic. Super stable. Yeah. By the way, it wasn't toxic in like the retrospective toxic relationships, but I was fair, super fair. obsessed with her. And like she... I think I liked her too much. Therefore, you know, I always like overcompensated because I didn't think she liked me. And of course, by doing that, she was a little bit like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't confident in my work. I wasn't confident in like my creative abilities because I would always look at my phone and be like, wait, did she look at my story? Did she like my post? I wasn't like focusing on my job, which is fucking insane because I was at BuzzFeed. Like I was the man. I was a video producer at like the age 24 making videos, got millions of hits on BuzzFeed when BuzzFeed was cool. Shout out BuzzFeed being cool. And <laughs> um, and I just cared about it way too much. And then like literally one day I was like, dude, you're making really cool work. You're worried about whether this girl who's your girlfriend is looking at your Instagrams. You're second doubting the entire relationship. Don't ever spend this much brain power questioning whether or not someone likes you ever again. Yeah. And like this sort of like curse was broken. It feels like overnight, mm -hmm. but I don't really know what, maybe it was like, a, I don't know how it actually happened, but I snapped out of this and I sort Well, you of became reflective of it. You became yeah. actually, you really actually took yourself out of it and were examining it, which is something I think anyone should do in any relationship. And especially for the younger listeners, like it shouldn't be that hard. It should not be that hard. You shouldn't have to be doubting if someone likes you or not, yeah. you know, and if it's getting in the way of your like passion, even worse. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's something that so many of the listeners can relate to. And and, you know, again, um, I hate saying like reversing the gender roles or anything, but, you know, just generalizing. Um, I, I think it's so interesting because I think an experience that I and my friends, um, a lot of us have had in dating in our younger and mid 20s is that guys are so career obsessed, which is fair, but that they don't think I actually talked about this with Alana, ironically, but they're so career focused and obsessed that they don't think that there's any room for any kind of like romantic relationship that's beyond like two dates or something. Um, Whoa. Yeah, which is really like, it's like, you know, it's called different areas of your life. Like it's called multitasking, but um, but I think, um, you know, a lot of guys are very like single-minded. And I think part of that to be fair and give them credit is, you know, part of the whole patriarchal like 
society and, you know, the idea that the guy has to be the breadwinner. So whether or not they realize it on a conscious level, subconsciously, they're being fueled by that idea that I have to provide, I have to, you know. Um, So it's interesting that you kind of for a second there had the opposite experience. Um, I think that actually it seems like, you know, not to psychoanalyze you, but it sounds like between having a sister who, you know, you're close with and was influential and then, you know, being someone who loved films and loved these romantic kind of films that you had a bit of a, you know, more well-rounded outlook on dating. And that was something that you were you know, more interested in, especially after it sounds like not dating much when you were younger, so. And having the podcast, I think too, like you're bound to like gain consciousness of what you're doing. Oh, a hundred percent. Cause you're breaking it down all the time. But yeah, I love that answer. And I love that for you, you know, it was these two parts of life that I think are so, you know, serious in your twenties in the sense that like, and I talk about this in the podcast a lot, but that you're really like, navigating them for the first time in a similar way Mm. like dating Mm. in high school and college and then dating in the real world totally different beasts and it's the same thing with like yeah you get grades you go to school there's a whole routine to it versus like having a job in the real world and you know especially for a creative or entrepreneurial person to like navigate that they're very similar in those ways so 100 percent. yeah i love that answer okay and to finish up We are going to play a game to be fully honest to my listeners in case they listen to the other podcast, which I won't name, but it is kind of a little bit pulling from another podcast, but I figured having listened to you and, you know, knowing you a bit, um, I think we'll have fun with it. So our new game that I'm doing for Jonah is mansplain this to me. (laughs) So basically, (laughs) it's the idea that it's a guy's perspective on why guys do certain things. And you are mansplaining for my female listeners and maybe even some of the male ones. This is brilliant. Thank you. This is a brilliant segment. I I stole a little bit, but it's fine. What is art if not just stealing from grace? Right? That's... You know, it's also the best form of flattery, right? Okay, first mansplanation. Why do men future trip, or as Jared Freed calls it, do emotional masturbation with no real plans of actually like pursuing something down the line? So for example, if a guy's like, you know, you love Italy, let's go there someday. And then by date three, they're like out. A hundred. Yeah. I totally, this is something, by the way, we talk about this, us men, we talk about this all the time. We talk about why do we do it? Why? And I have, <laughs> I have a friend. I have a friend who does this all the time and I kind of do it. And you know what's going to be tough about this explanation is that there is, it's simply like we're reading different, fuck, we're speaking different languages. Like <laughs> it's like the translation doesn't exist because when I say on a date, like, oh my God, we should totally go to that museum. You don't I mean, mean it. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 but I'm not saying it as a way to like, lead anyone on i'm saying like I, that museum looks really dope and in this moment right now i really like what we're doing here if if we had a teleportation device we'd go to that museum um and it has nothing to do with like going to the us museum. not well us not but no us not going to the museum yeah. has nothing to do with the other person it just has to do with the circumstance and so what then us men feel like we learn is that when you do make future, what was the term you used? Um, um, emotional masturbation or future tripping. Future yeah. tripping. When people say that, 
I'm like, oh, we need to be more careful about that because to another brain hearing this, it comes off in a way as like a contract almost as like a contract. But like that, but that to me doesn't seem fair. Like why can't, why can't you sit there and like talk about something you might want to do? I mean, it's a hypothetical until it's real, you know, and maybe it's, I mean, my job as a film fucking maker is to talk about movies that one day will probably never get made. And be imaginative. No, this isn't, you know, this is generalized, of course, and I yeah yeah, and I don't think. Sorry to get off. Uh, sorry to get very intense. There. I was just like, I actually very curious why. No, I love it. Passionate, you gotta be as a filmmaker who's making rom coms um, and had a dating podcast. But um, no, I think there are definitely degrees of it. I don't think it's always that cut and dry. What throws me off personally in my past dating experience, and I haven't had this in a bit, so thank God. Um, but is if you're on like an amazing first date and you're talking about like future dates and then there's just like a ghost or, you know, like, like there's this one guy, this was a few years ago now. I don't know why this is like coming out of the subconscious right Still now. Still in your head. Yeah. yeah but we had like an amazing epic first date, went to a bunch of places, went on for hours. We're talking about all this fun shit we could do. Um, you know, making out all night, whatever. Didn't, like, I didn't go to his, I didn't, I kind of played by that, you know, old school rule book and then just never heard from him again. I'm like, that's wild. I, like, it's one thing to, you know, say that. And, did you reach out and say, hey, what? what are yeah, I did. And he was like, yeah, I just don't know if I'm looking for anything right now. And I think something oh, no. I personally run into, I'm going to give myself credit here and be like confident for this, but I have heard feedback from guys in the past. And to be fair, I don't think at that time I was actually ready for something serious. And I ironically think I wanted it more because of that. Okay. Um, Okay. I like that. Had to do the work. But um, they would basically be like, you give off like serious vibes. Like you give off like, not like you need to date me right now, but like someone who I should be, you know, interested in long term. And I don't know if I want to be interested in anyone long term right now. So it could be framed as a as a positive compliment in that way. Yeah. And I think it's just like, unfortunately, it is fun to romanticize and fantasize about future things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the what I will say to speak on the behalf of my friend who does it and sometimes when I do it, it's not that we don't want to do that. Sometimes, yeah, look. In that moment, you do. <laughs> in that, in that, let's say you have a, you're 15 minutes into a first date and you both say how much you want to see the new the new Dune movie. <laughs> and you're like, we should go see Dune. Because in those first 10 minutes, that's where you're at. But let's say you're at the end of the date and it actually turns out it didn't go that that well. Or let's say that you actually have no chemistry mm. or that a week goes by and you meet somebody else and you're yeah. like, wait a second, I need to go on that date to learn that this is really what I'm looking for. That's, it's just all circumstantial. And I encourage, you know, like, that goes both ways, I feel like. Totally. And I, I think that's something that, especially dating in New York, I will say, um, is to keep something and keep in mind, especially the aspect that other people come along. I think in Los Angeles, I was more frustrated by it because it's like I have to fucking drive and haul ass places. So like, oh my God, the definitely worst, yeah. dating less just because of that inconvenience of it. But in New York, it's it's like the housing market right now. It's just like, yeah. you know, they disappear in a second. So shout out to all my friends and fellow New Yorkers trying to get a new rental. It's it's not easy right now. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out that. Yeah. Okay, next. Cheating on a girl that they're actually super into. Why would a guy cheat on a girl he's super into? Like in a, in a relationship mm-hmm. with? 
I don't know why that, that's not excusable. Treating is like the worst thing in the world. I don't know why anyone would fucking do that. No mansplanation. That's horrible. It might have happened. To I me. don't need to. You're a horrible <laughs> person. You don't. Cheat. You never cheat. Well, it's so interesting to me because, you know, this did happen to me, and it's happened to friends of mine where it's not like they're bored and they're in the end of the relationship and they're kind of trying to like secretly get out of it. It's like they spend years trying to like win you back, and you're like, what? The f- what? <laughs> why? I'm not friends with people who would like cheat on somebody, but like, I yeah, I don't know. To your point, I don't know. Maybe they've got some really dark shit, some <laughs> dark insecurity, and they've got to take, they've got to do something to feel important. Okay, so or the, feel, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. Or feel no, go. You're it's they're just like feel they're bad. I don't fucking know. I don't yeah, like. That. I don't yeah. like it either. So the mansplanation is there is no mansplanation. I love that. All right, navy sheets. <laughs> uh, I think. Our moms, when they go to Target for us to buy us things for our room, the, for some reason, the color navy must speak to mothers who are always buying our sheets. Um, so basically, you're copying to the fact that not you necessarily, but that a right, lot of mom. guys continue to have the sheets their mom bought for them in Correct. their 20s. Great. I've, I've never had navy sheets. I love that that's like a trend on TikTok. I am I know, all about it. Shout out Brooklinen. Shout out um, my 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 uh, Ralph Lauren bear sheets. Iconic, <laughs> bear vintage sheets. '90s bear sheets. So I'm, nice, yeah. love yeah. it. Yeah, you definitely have an aesthetic going, which is hilarious. I love it. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, not hilarious in a bad way, in a good way. Um, yeah. Okay, making the girl choose the spot, like the first date spot. Well, I think that's cool because I've literally 99.99 percent of the time chosen the first date spot. And sometimes it would be nice to have a little change in that. I get that. I think for me, personally, I think the guy offering to do it is nice because it is weird if let's just assume the guy's going to pay for the first date, right? Am I choosing a place like, is it in his price range? Is it, you know? Um, So I think like both parties making suggestions is good, but it's kind of nice when the guy's like, yeah, let's do that place. Or, you know, it depends on the situation. But I think especially if a guy like is hounding you to go out or whatever, you know, they're really doing the pursuing. And then they're suddenly like, yeah, you choose a spot. Or they're not even specifying where the spot's going to be. And if we're going to choose it, that's annoying. Like, A guy being like, okay, let's hang out Friday. And then it's Thursday night and you're like, have we planned something or, you know, so yeah. A lot of men don't know how to communicate properly. So like the problem is not like everyone who starts dating should like read a fucking instruction book. <laughs> especially on, men. <laughs> uh, especially men, especially men, 100%. On the basic etiquettes of yeah. dating. If you're going to make plans, say when, say where, make the suggestion. Yeah. Here's how you follow up after a date. Basic shit. It's literally like, remember, and I don't know if they did this at Field Sim, but like who, what, when, where, why. It's like, yes, let's just 100. figure those out. Just on some level. All right, zombieing. Do you know what zombieing is? Uh, is that when they come back from the yes. dead? They come back, yeah. He really did. He and did yeah. have a dating podcast. He does make movies yeah. about dating. Amazing. Um, sometimes you are, you know, you enter into something. Look, we, we like to idealize the past. We like to idealize people. Sometimes our memories of someone can be more fond than the moments you had with them. Mm. So you see them on Instagram. They look super cute. <laughs> oh, That's like, the oh my real God, answer. <laughs> Look, you're at you're at Domino Park doing yoga. Very cool. Like, what's up? Like, how yeah. are you? And uh, look, we all. By the way, we all we all fall for that sometimes. 
So yeah. I don't know. That's it. Um, and then before we finish off, is there anything since you are very passionate about dating and about, you know, the intricacies of it, is there anything that you think needs to be mansplained that you need to give justice to some kind of trend, some kind of something? I think what I'll say, and this goes for all genders, mm -hmm. is that we need to have more empathy for each other mm -hmm. and more understanding for each other. That 99% of the time, I keep saying 99%. That's okay. It's a good percentage. It's a good percentage. It's never a hundred. It's never a hundred. It's whatever it is. It's usually not about us. You know, in, in my years of dating, it's them ghosting me or not responding to my text or acting weird or something happening doesn't have anything to do with me. And we always think it has to do with something we said or did. Did I do, did I do something wrong? Yeah. Um, usually it's something else going on in their life that has impacted that. Not always, but like usually. And so 99%, I would just say to, if you will. 99% to, to be to be precise yes. one over 99 yeah. uh actually 99 over 100 I don't know yeah, I've been done math um, yeah we don't do it um, a lot in the entertainment world or this side of it never have yeah, to right. um but my advice is just like empathize like put yourself in someone else's shoes if you are feeling like things if there's like something you're sensing and that might help you understand where they're coming yeah from. take it less personally and I say that on the podcast a lot in general, like that, that applies to all relationships, um, of any type, you know, it's like, it's not all about you. And that should be a relief because it's like, yeah, you totally. never know what people have going on. And I think empathy is super important. And I love ending on that note. All right, yeah. Jonah, this has been so great. Um, I'm so excited to see your film. Again, it will be out by the time this episode is out. So go rent it or buy it. Buy it definitely. Um, <laughs> so, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you, where they can watch the film, all the things? Yes, you can find me. Uh, we can find the movie on Amazon and iTunes. Go to iTunes. We're trying to like drive people there. It's called Dating in New York. You can find me on the IG, which is just my name, Jonah Feingold. And yeah, you can find me in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. If you're ever around the neighborhood, you know, <laughs> just, just stalk I, him. I walk around here. He does. Well, yeah, you're very, me. you're hard to like miss. You're very, I mean, you're a Jewish guy in New York, but you have like a, you know, a presence. You have a aesthetic, oh, as I said. That's so kind Thank of you. you. Um, I, I don't frequent Greenpoint that much, but if I'm ever there, I'll hit you up. Anyways, thank you so much again, Jonah. As always, you can follow me at CKNY1213. You can follow the podcast at WTF Sup Pod. And please rate, review, subscribe, and share the episode with a friend. Okay, bye, Jonah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Congrats on the success of the podcast. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>